Doc Manson at Doc Manson DC Matthews at the DC Matthews this is the list I really shouldn't put chips in my mouth right before we start recording <laughs> no I mean that's probably not a great idea DC Matthews at the DC Matthews that's true Doc Manson at Doc Manson though I'm pretty sure the last uh, promo we did for our show on the NAI Wrestling Network is also the first promo we did for a show mm. on the NAI Wrestling Network. Um, so it's talking about the weekend show, which we're not the weekend, and now we're the list. And you still haven't eaten a bowl of cereal for 30 minutes live on the air. That's true. So I feel I'm, a little bad about that. I'm making up for it with these delicious uh, salt and pepper chips. Mm. I do like salt and pepper chips. Mrs. Manson, not a fan. I like it. No, like I'm, this, these are these are just for me. I'm actually going to roll them up because otherwise I will eat the entire bag as we talk. Um, what are, since we're here, uh, give me your top three. Since we're making a list, give me your top three uh, chip flavors. Please. Oh, so we're going to make more lists. Okay. Um well, okay, are we just talking potato chips? Because if we're talking all sorts of chips, it's going to get crazy. No, potato chips. Potato chips. All right. Well. And I don't even want to know brands. I'm just talking flavors. Yeah, okay. Um, this is going to sound lame, but I am partial to a plain potato chip. I. They will make my list. They will be in my top three. I'm not sure if they're, well, okay, yeah, they're probably in my top three, because when I go for potato chips, more often than not, I am getting plain potato chips. So I guess, therefore, when, it must be in my top three. Now, I under, I personally prefer a ridged chip to a not-ridged chip. That's one of the reasons I bought this, is these are ridged salt and pepper chips. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Ridged chips are good, but not a requirement for me. Okay. Um... Wavy Lays, though, in terms of the ridge and in terms of the plain chips. How many bags of Wavy Lays have you and I bought? Like, have we put in our a cart that was meant for both of us? I would say a hundred. We have bought a Maybe more. Cause, we cause lived together for a long time. We did. So <laughs> we may, did. Maybe more. Oh, um, man. Yeah. But, okay, so in terms of the actual question, I, I am very partial to... Uh, salt and vinegar chips as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a favorite. And, you know, I'm not huge on the sour cream and onion chip. Nope. If I'm going to have that, I would rather have just an onion dip with the plain chip. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the way to go there. And, you know, barbecue is, I guess, the other standby, but I don't know. I'll, I'll go crazy for a second. When I was down south for a little while... They had something down there that I have not really seen too much of around here, but it's like a um, crayfish sort of like powder or something, is what they call it, but it was really just like, I don't know, it was just like this spiciness, maybe, I don't know whether what it actually was, but it was delicious, and those kinds of chips, I would definitely look those up again if I could uh, Interesting. find them local. Lay's always does the unique flavors, and you would think that that would be a just mm. a no-brainer. Oh, uh, last year we got—I don't think it was Lay's; it was some other company. They were doing again that flavor things. It was the hot thing going around, and they had like a loaded cheeseburger, which was just—it literally smelled and tasted like a cheeseburger. I don't know, like what sort of meat powder and pickle powder and 
you know, other powder, they mustard and ketchup powder they got on there. But yeah. it was meaty and flavorful, and Mrs. Manson was disgusted. She wouldn't even let me near her after I'd been eating them. Does she eat the cheeseburger pizza from our local pizza joint? She does, although she is not overly fond of it. She doesn't like bacon, and then if you're not going to put the bacon on it, then what's the point? Is that a cultural thing, or is that just a taste thing? Just a taste thing. Okay. Fair enough. She loves ham. Who doesn't? Well, if it was a cultural besides, thing, she wouldn't eat that either. my wife. Not a ham fan. I don't like ham, only because it's too salty. If that you can find me a nice, a, that is low impo- sodium That is ham, an impossible statement. Well, oh no, it's definitely too salty. <laughs> as I put me. away, as I put away the salt and pepper chips, and broke out and my... open up the salted pretzels. Yeah, those are terrible, by the way. Stop eating them. I told you, as your friend, stop that. Salt is not good for you, DC. But it tastes so good. It does taste so good, and it makes other things taste better. Yes. Like. You probably know this, having you know, spending time in the kitchen. But like, if you like, make yourself, and you should do this. I had never done this in my life before I met Mrs. Manson. But so, first thing, first recommendation, and it's nothing to do with salt. The first recommendation is the next time you want to make yourself a cup of hot cocoa, make it from scratch. Get yourself some cocoa powder, get yourself some sugar, and mix that bad boy up together. If you're feeling crazy, put yourself an eighth of a teaspoon of vanilla in there, and it is delightful. It is so good. It mixes right up. It all goes into suspension. The reason why Swiss Miss, those little packets, you know, you, you put them in the water and, they, and then you stir them up and they just clump and they get all over your spoon. The reason why that is is because they put starch in there, like, a, you know, as a separator and things for, for, for sitting on a shelf. But that's what stops it from going into solution. You don't have that sort of stuff. You just use the pure uh, cocoa and, it, it's so, and it's, it's just, it's delicious. You can sweeten it to taste. It's so good. And here's but where I, I was, the reason why I brought this up is salt expands flavors. So you put yourself just a pinch of salt into a mug of hot cocoa, and it just opens up. Just a mm-hmm. pinch. Not enough that it's salty, just enough to open up the flavor. I baked cookies the other day, and it calls for salt. And, you know, the champ, Daddy Matthews, or Papa Matthews, rather. Daddy Matthews just sounds weird. Papa Matthews. I kind of like, like that. I kind of like Daddy Matthews. <laughs> I kind of like to imagine you call yourself that, you know, on some nights of the week. And, uh, oh, oh, that's awkward. It's awkward. No, not it's too about much. myself. All right. Um, All right. But, yeah, you know, so salt is definitely it's goes into sweet things. When I make banana bread, salt's a not major ingredient, but you put, again, just a touch, but it does mm-hmm. accentuate sweetness. Um, yeah. so did you actually rank your three? Or are you oh, just giving um, me a top three? I'm just giving you a top three. I wouldn't throw any of them out of bed. You know what I'm saying? I would say barbecue, plain, and these salt and pepper chips. Although, again, cheddar and sour cream chips, also good. I was a huge fan. Yeah, actually, cheddar sour cream, that's a dark horse. Like, that might be my actual number three. Yeah. Um, it used to be jalapeno chips. Mm-hmm. I still love those, those, those spicy jalapeno chips. There's some you know smaller manufacturers. I, mean, I think there's some bigger people who do it now, too, but... Those are so good, and I love them so much. They're just not conducive to a man with my sorts of gastrointestinal problems anymore. Yeah. To but be they fair, make, neither... just thinking about them, my mouth is watering. To, to be fair, that crawfish powder is probably not conducive to your stomach, too. So it's probably a good idea that that's down yeah. south. All right. Well, I'm sure salt and vinegar is not good either. Vinegar is terrible. Well, you know. in which case, no flavor is good. No, not none. So. All right. I'll just stop eating chips, which uh-huh. I basically have. 
That's why you look so good. You're so svelte. Oh yeah, so svelte. We have a list, ladies and gentlemen. If you're still if you're still with us, thanks for sticking this with us. This is not DDT wrestling, DC. I, I'm not sure that uh, the audience was prepared. I'd like for to point out that up until about five weeks ago, the show we had on the NAI Wrestling Network had nothing to do with wrestling. We <laughs> threw it in there as a gift to Jason Maltov so we could he could justify us being there, but we talked about anything else. I do think it's very strange that even once NAI Pop became a thing, that we stayed on the wrestling network. I thought that was very strange. I had the choice. I chose to stay. All right. Fair enough. Fair All enough. right. But well, we, yeah, have we, have been working, we have been working on a list of the greatest wrestlers in history. There are 49 names on this list, and currently the greatest wrestler of all time is... Rowdy Roddy Piper. The Hot Rod. The Hot Rod. But each time we've done this, we've come up with a new number one. So let's see what happens here. You've got the random number generator going. I think I'm going to uh, make a prediction here, production, if you will. I think Roddy Piper will make it through this episode as the greatest of all time. I was kind of thinking that too. But again, it really depends. You know, it depends on how many people you feel are better. So also another bold production. I believe that QT Marshall will remain at the bottom of this list for this episode. We'll see. We were we'll talking see. about Virgil the other day, or not the other day before we started recording. So, uh, All the, right. the number is nine hundred and seventy-six, sir. That we have yet to churn through. All right, generating number. Our first candidate is in position five hundred and eleven. Five eleven. That takes us to. Oh my goodness. Magnum T.A. Oh, my goodness gracious. Do you know who Magnum T.A. is? I know the name. Mag- we should have, we should have called good friend of the show, uh, at Magnum N.A.I. Magnum T.A. was a wrestler in the N.W.A. in the 80s. He was great. He He's could, like Burt Reynolds, right? He kind of had a look like Burt Reynolds, yes. I'm assuming that's why he's called Magnum T.A., right? He had the mustache kind of thing going on. Yeah. Um, but he, he actually looked more like Jake Roberts. Like, he could have gotten a... He could have passed for, like, Jake Roberts' I say Roberts Burt Reynolds? Brother. I think I meant Tom Selleck. Anyways, he did, but I didn't, even, I didn't even pick up on that, but you're right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he was great. He was probably going to mm-hmm. be a world champion. Uh, injury, I don't know if it was a motorcycle accident or some sort of accident, ended his career early. Really? Probably, you know, in its prime, an all-time feud with Tully Blanchard that led to a cage match that Magnum NAI would say is the probably greatest gimmick match of all time, that cage match. Uh, You know, real quality wrestler, and just it happened to be, as it may or may not be, uh, with Paige recently. The news broke that she might be done wrestling. You know, his career ended Probably a good 10 to 15 years earlier than it may have done otherwise. So, hmm. um, I, he's not going to supplant Roddy Piper on this list. Uh, and, you know, while Magnum, NAI, would probably easily put him in the top 10, we'd have to have that discussion. Um, but what do, you, what do you think? I know you're not as familiar with Magnum TA, Terry Allen, as uh you know as i am but um 
Mm. Right off the I bat, mean, when you hear that, of, yeah, I'm thinking mm-hmm. it could be somewhere in the Bob Orton uh, era. I think so. I could even go a little higher up into the Tatanka range. Tatanka had the more longevity, but you know, Magnum TA I think was NWA North American champion. He probably held a tag title, I would guess. Um, you know, he was in that kind of Dusty Rhodes Road Warriors camp when he was wrestling. So I noticed um, you said Tatanka, but if you put them with somewhere you know near Tatanka, there's a good possibility that what you're saying is that Magnum TA is higher on your list than Haku. Well, that's true. But again, on my list, Haku would be higher than he is currently slotted at number 16. Um, mm. But yeah, I, w- I would say that range is fair. That range okay. is fair. So somewhere so 15, in the... F- somewhere 16? in. I, I would even let, if only as a gift to my friend Magnum NAI, I would give him the 16th spot over Haku. All right. I'm down for that. All right. So Magnum TA, I, I do recommend if you have some free time with the WWE Network, you know, give him a look-see because he was, he was a talented wrestler. All right. Magnum TA gets the 16th spot, making our list now up to 50. Uh, Doc Manson, give us another number, please. 432. 432. Tank Toland. Okay. I'm looking him up because I don't remember who he is either. Oh. Okay. I do know this guy. He wrestled in WWE. Did he? He was one of the Dick Brothers. Oh. Okay. Do you remember the Dicks? Mm, A little bit. They wrestled like Chippendale. They dressed up like Chippendale dancers. Mm, mm. Yeah. yeah. James Dick. <laughs> and then he went to Ring of Honor for a while. And... I like he... that he was a member of Sweeney's Sweet and Sour Ink faction. <laughs> I'm sorry, say that again. He was a member of Sweeney's Sweet and Sour Incorporated faction. Okay. Well, I don't know what any of that means. And he was like engaged it. to Jillian Hall. Amazing. Um, um, all right. So I, I I remember him enough to think he he deserves a spot on this list. There, mm-hmm. Tank Tolan, mm-hmm. Mr. Dick. But we're going we're going Ooh. way down. The Dicks ambushed the Mexicools. <laughs> they did. Uh, I'm down at the bottom of the list. Like again, we're we're entering the big Tilly Dudley Dudley territory here. Well, I mean, the Dicks helped Eminem win the title, so. Are you saying higher? I mean, I'm thinking we could maybe be looking somewhere in the Axel Rotten era of this list, 35. Uh, I would be hard-pressed to put him above Lash LaRue. Like, Lash LaRue himself wow. won titles. Mrs. Manson brought me some tea. And it is like blood red. Okay. What what uh strawberry rhubarb parfait is what it's called. Take a sip. Let's see. I think it's too hot to sip. <laughs> I'll try. Put an ice cube in it for the show. Nope. Tart. That is tart. But good. Yeah, I think I like it. Thanks, would it go? Hansen. Would it go well with a uh, chocolate hazelnut Oreo? 
I think that, it would go well with a chocolate that you bought and did not share. <laughs> I'll be right back. I was not it. Oh. One of these days, she needs to be on the podcast, and you need to go up and down to schlep her food. I will. I will definitely schlep on her behalf. If that will be schlepping. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, I don't know if I can put... I can see him above Luther Reigns. But Lash LaRue... Uh, can we split the difference? Put him below Luther Reigns, but above... No, I want him below... <laughs> you want him below Lash LaRue? I do. Lash LaRue, I, I'm pretty sure, won a cruiserweight title. He had to if He was Corporal Cajun. <laughs> All right. I'll allow it above Rubik's. Okay, thank you. I'm happy there. All right. Uh, Tank Toland, otherwise known as Jimmy Dick, gets the number 39th spot. (laughs) Sorry, Jeremy. He is above Tim Horner. He is above the Horner line. Um, (laughs) I'm now dubbing it officially the Horner line. The Horner line. I like that. All right. All right. Next wrestler, 329. 329. We have a new number one. No, we don't. He is one half of the Raw Tag Team Champions. He is the son of Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle, the man, the myth, the legend, Jason Jordan. Okay. Doc's looking at the list. At the moment, Jason Jordan, for me... Probably ranks around here. Uh, okay. I like that we do this now. Where we each kind of click, because we're within three. I put him around the Mark Marrow, Magnificent Serpent Morocco. You went a little higher. You've got him around the top 20. And you say he's around, he'd be above Alberto Del Rio. Just because of my personal feelings on Alberto Del Rio, I'm inclined to agree. Yeah, um, I think he's above Alberto Del Rio. But I don't think he reaches Tory Wilson's status. Despite the fact that Alberto Del Rio is a multiple-time world champion and Jason Jordan, as currently situated, is not. True. I don't like Alberto Del Rio. (laughs) Sold. The number 21 position goes to Jason Jordan. Behind Bob Orton, behind Tory Wilson, behind Magnum T.A., yeah. But above but, you know, Alberto Del Rio. I didn't feel as though where you were in the Mark Marrow era there. I felt Jason Jordan should probably be above Abby Lath in terms of, you know, what yeah. I know of the recent past. Yeah, that's true. And I do think, I think it was on DDT Wrestling, I predicted Jason Jordan's going to win a world title. So maybe he'll even creep a little higher. Because, of course, once we make this list, we'll have to go back and revisit the list. How many cookies did she bring you? Uh, she brought me the entire package because she is a good wife. Does does it taste like Nutella? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I haven't had Nutella in a long time, so I'm actually not sure. But it tastes very hazelnutty. I saw something just today. It was pancakes. It's really good. It was pancakes, and yeah. they were drizzling. It wasn't even drizzling. They were just put, like layering it like frosting on a sheet cake. Nutella, mm. and then another pancake, and then Nutella, and then another. Oh. So was, when are you trying that? Um, when I'm allowed to have Nutella again. So 
is that currently on the disallowed list? Uh, I don't know what the ingredient is. Palm oil or, you know, something in there that's not supposed to be good for you. It's in Cool Whip. It's in Nutella. Okay. I, it's been requested that I steer clear because I'll sit here with a can of Nutella, a jar of Nutella and a spoon. And then... Which you shouldn't do. And then... You know, try to figure out how to, like, pour some sort of liquid in there to get all the extra stuff off the sides of the jar. Because I don't have a knife sharp enough to cut through the jar to open it to then scoop out the insides. 635. I I would love to see what... I would love to give this as a challenge to the neighborhood, love slash hate it. I would love to have people draw a picture of what they think I look like. (laughs) 635, he said. The man said 6.35. Mustafa Saeed. I don't know who that is. Um, I'm, I'm looking him up. If you feel any better, I think that if the neighborhood were to draw a picture of me, it would just look like a giant sphincter. So I don't know if that's true. <laughs> oh, he was part of the gangsters. Or the gangsters. I don't know who they are. That was an... Uh, oh! Okay. Do you know who New Jack is from ECW? Yes, I do. New Jack's tag team partner. They were the Gangsters. Oh. He's Mustafa okay. Saeed. I didn't, re- I didn't remember the name, but okay. Yeah, yep. okay. Um, regularly bringing weapons such as guitars, crutches, and staple guns in trash cans and shopping carts to the ring. I never liked cheese graters. That always seemed a step too far. Yeah, me. I thought so. Always made me quite uncomfortable. All right, so Mustafa Saeed, you know, never reached, as far as I can tell, the heights. That was it. Um, you know, they were a stable in Smoky Mountain Wrestling. It was Mustafa Saeed, New Jack, and D'Lo Brown. Yeah, I mean, I could see him... I, I've clicked on Axel Rotten at the 36 position, but... But I'm actually thinking that that's more of a spot around where I would put New Jack. The yeah. guy who I'm remind, being remembered as simply the guy who tagged New Jack probably is closer to the Horner line, possibly mm-hmm. below it. I would put him below the Horner line. Like, and, you know, again, looking at this, Al Perez and Jim Powers are two guys that should probably be above him. Okay. So we're down in the Doug Gilbert, Ricky Santana. So how do we feel about him versus Big Tilly? I remember Big Tilly. I had to look up Mustafa Saeed. So there you go. All right. I remember Dudley Dudley. Then we're put, then down here. All right, fifty-one. Mustafa Saeed, bottom three, along with Angel Medina and QT Marshall. All right. All right. Give me another number, please. Three hundred and twenty-one. Three, two, one. Kurt Hawkins. Really? Yes. Here's the funny thing about Kurt Hawkins. I feel like he's actually a pretty good wrestler, but I don't remember anything about his run prior to this one. Mm-hmm. So all I really know of Kurt Hawkins is that he has a streak going. He was an edgehead. He teamed with oh, Zack yeah. Ryder. Oh, yeah, that's right. He was an edgehead for a while. Okay. Um, then he left, and then he I came back. I that. With the cane and the upside-down promos and all of that. And uh, 
that was it. And then he went unvictorious un- throughout apparently the entirety of 2017. So I, I would put him in the Axel Rotten category because Evan Bourne, Tyler Bate, those guys I think rank above him, but he's probably above that Luther Reigns, Dante Fox category. So, How do you feel about Kurt Hawkins versus Angelico? I like Angelico better, but Kurt Hawkins is probably a better complete talent. Yeah, I think so too. So are we putting him at 35, above Angelico and below Rich Swan. We're we putting him above Rich Swan. I'm thinking maybe above Rich Swan. I don't know if the Edgeheads Rich... ever won the tag team titles, but yeah. I then again, I I'm I not... like Kurt Hawkins. Like I I'm happy this... with it. I have no problem with yeah. that. Putting him at 34. Yeah, I think so. All right. So. Kurt Hawkins takes the 34 spot. But Evan Bourne, Kurt Hawkins, Rich Swan. I feel comfortable with that. Yeah. Another yeah. number, please. All right. Next number is 470. 470. What we got? Mike Canellis. Mike Canellis. This is the greatest. Love got, love I mean, you want to talk about theme love. songs. He's, he would make probably well, the top three of somebody's list. Well, but we'll, we'll have to save that for another list show we do is the greatest <laughs> theme musics of all time. I was referring to the DDT Awards for last year. Ah, yes, that's true. Um, um, hmm. Well, let's start there. Is Mike Kanellis better than Kurt Hawkins? Probably. Yeah, I think so. But I don't know how much higher I would go. You know, Evan Bourne, okay. Maya Yim or Mia Yim, maybe. Mm-hmm. But then we get to Tyler Bate. Is he better than Tyler Bate? I mean, not in terms of his WWE career. but when No, you start that's true. About his Ring of Honor career. Yeah, you no, know? you're right there. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, when I start thinking about all this peripheral, I don't know too much about it. But, I, you know, he was definitely in the public consciousness to such to such a degree that I was aware of him mm-hmm. as a talent on the independent scene. Okay. Um, no, I think you're right. I think, I think you're right. I, again, I'm thinking of Mike Kanellis, not factoring in Mike Bennett. Does he rank higher than Gilberg? I think so. I think I think we could be looking, you know, Amish roadkill territory. How does he rank with Alberto Del Rio? Well, if you're going to ask me, I'm always going to put everybody above Alberto Del Rio, so... Yeah, no, but I think I think Amish Roadkill, yep, because again, Rosie, Dash Wilder, probably, Morocco, Mero, yep. And when I think about the year, the last year that Jason Jordan had, I'm comfortable putting him above Mike Kanellis. Yes. Not having seen much of Mike Bennett. No, but Mike Kanellis could have had a could have a year like Jason Jordan. Now granted I doubt they're gonna make I doubt they're gonna make him the kayfabe son of Daniel Bryan or something like that. But well, someone's going to have to be Daniel Bryan's son, because. But I, but I do think you know he could have that sort of career. So yeah, all right, number twenty-three spot. I like it, Jason Jordan, Alberto Del Rio, Mike Canellis, Amish Roadkill. Um, now we can continue to go with the men, and when we come across a name we really don't know, we can jump over. Or do you want to just throw a woman in there now? Let's throw a woman in. All right, that list is from one to... 100. 100. So I will pick number 13. 
Velvet McIntyre. Hmm. That's WrestleMania 2 era. Um, wrestling... I want to say she wrestled the fabulous Moolah. Um, <laughs> you know, but an 80s female wrestler. Uh, I'm sure she did more than just that one thing, but... I remember liking Velvet McIntyre, but I may, be, I may have only ever seen her at WrestleMania 2. Yeah. Yeah, she wrestled on the independents for a while, wrestled in the 80s for the WWF. She did win the women's title on July 3rd, 1986. But only mm-hmm. in Australia, because she was Australian, and then lost it six days later. Hmm. The only two times the women's championship ever changed hands in the Southern Hemisphere. Hmm. Is she Australian? Oh, no, she's Canadian. Never mind. <laughs> Sorry. She was born in Ireland. She was. Supposedly. Hmm. Well... Let's see. Not here. knowing so, a whole lot about her. No, and but going through. Mm, so the women on our list right now are Tori Wilson, Abby Lath, and Maya Yim. I might put mm-hmm. all three of them above Velvet McIntyre. Mm-hmm. Um. So. Are you are you clicking on Maya Yim, no. thinking maybe she should be above Maya Yim? No, no, I was just clicking there for my reference. Are we putting like, are we talking the Kurt Hawkins territory? Or are we in the Axel Rotten territory? I mean, I'm thinking maybe at this point, mid well, maybe late 30s, mid to late 30s. Yeah, so again, like, that's the Rich Swan and Helico Axel Rotten territory. Yeah. I feel like I feel like I like Axel Rotten more Above Dante Fox, then number thirty-nine. Yeah, maybe. Okay, we can go for that. Yeah. All right, Velvet McIntyre slots in at number thirty-nine on our list. All right. All right, back to the men's list. Can I have a number, please? One through. Where are we at now? Nine seventy. Thirty-nine. Thirty-nine. Oh. <laughs> He won't be at the top of the list, but he'll be up there. The Great Muta. Hmm. Now, again, if you're not a fan of NWA, WCW, or Japan, you don't probably know a lot about The Great Muta, but The Great Muta is awesome. We're talking probably in the area, not in terms of our list, but like just supremely talented Wrestler had the face paint, was one of the first wrestlers, probably not the first, to do the mist spray that you, if mm-hmm. you're a fan of Tajiri and such, doing it. Um, reinvented his character multiple times. At one point, started wearing kind of like a relic style mask in Japan. Was part of the NWO. Um, again, wrestled. I think I saw him wrestle a few times for TNA. Oh, that's probably true. Very good. You know, handspring elbow, one of the first people to do a moonsault. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really great uh, talent. So I can tell by the length of his Wikipedia article that I should be impressed. <laughs> yeah, I, he's a top ten. He's a yeah. top ten for me. Um, and I'd put oh, come him... on. 
one of his ring names that he went by was the Space Lone Wolf. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're we're talking. You know, I probably could even make a case for him in the top five. I like him better than Jeff Jarrett. Um, the Super Ninja. You would be a fan of the Great Buddha. There is a there is a a gif out there of him wrestling Hulk Hogan, and they're on the ramp, and he runs. <laughs> it's got to be like 50, 60 feet. Turns around and then runs back, all to just like give him a clothesline back into the ring. It was hilarious. Okay. Um, so yeah, top ten. I, I can make a case for top five. I could even potentially, because I'm pretty sure if you read his Wikipedia page, like while he wasn't, he, he didn't create New Japan Pro Wrestling. I'm pretty sure he created a wrestling promotion of his own at some point. So, you know, yeah. I'm I'm comfortable anywhere from three three to six. I'm gonna think I'm gonna slot him at number five. Number think, five above Jeff Jarrett, can, but not as good as Vader. So. I think that's fair. I, I mean, I can even fair. maybe see an argument for number four, but I just no. don't know enough. Well, and that's fine. And you know what, Vader, being that kind of big man, like you know, the Great Muda was great, obviously, but you know, Vader has the benefit of being a big man that did non-big man things. And I think being number five is just fine for mm-hmm. the great Muta. All right, sir. Another number, if you please. 352. 352. Ooh, we're getting good names on this. The model, Rick Martel. Ooh. Famously, uh, in that match with um, the blindfold match, yes, the blindfold match. So I was trying yep. to say with Jake Roberts, one yep. of my favorite WrestleMania matches of all time. And mine as well. The, if you want to, if if I was teaching a class on ring psychology and how to like get the crowd into a match, I'd watch, make them watch that. Just mm-hmm. the Jake Roberts yep. pointing around. Yeah. All right. So Rick Martel, former AWA champion. Tag team champion, great gimmick as the model with his arrogance. Um, then went on to WCW for half a second. Yeah. You know, I, I would put him above Fandango. So we're in the top 12. And I could make a case maybe for him to crack the bottom of the top 10. Yeah. Is I he think better right than Dolph Ziggler? He's better than Fandango. Yeah. I'm going to put him above our truth for yep. sure. Yep, then we get I, to Abyss and Dolph Ziggler, and again, that's kind yeah. of that's about how he feels to me. Yeah, I'm I'm having difficulty rectifying him above Abyss, but that might just be proximity talking on my behalf. You know, mm-hmm. I've been watching Abyss the last ten to fifteen years. I haven't seen anything with the model since I was a kid. Yeah. Mm. And 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 again, it's not it's not the be all end all. Abyss's Black Hole Slam versus Rick Martel's Boston Crab. I'd I give the, the Black fi- Hole Slam. I'd give the finisher edge, but again, that's from a different era. Yeah. I don't know what Abyss's finisher would have been if he had wrestled in the late '80s. Probably a punch, <laughs> or he would have sat on someone. Right. Yeah. You know, I think I'm comfortable at number twelve. I think. I think so. Okay. 
Rick Martel, number 12. Just to review, I meant to do this at the beginning of the show, but in case, in case you haven't pulled the list up in front of you, our top 10 currently, Roddy Piper, Ricky Steamboat, Antonio Inoki, Vader, The Great Muda, Jeff Jarrett, Chavo Guerrero, Road Dog, Mil Mascaris, and number 10 is currently Dolph Ziggler. Rick Martel taking the number 12 spot. I feel good about that. I like it. Another number, if you please. 270. 270. Let's see. Who? You're going to have to do a lot of the talking here. I don't know if I've ever watched him wrestle, but his name is Dragon Azteca Jr. Dragon Azteca Jr. Okay. Yeah. So I'm familiar with his work from Lucha Underground. He's an excellent sort of high flyer. I think they were painting him sort of as a protege to Rey Mysterio for a while. Um, he's very good. He's a you know I like that luchador style. He's got that high flyingness. I mean he I, I'm, but I haven't seen a whole lot of him. Um, I'm gonna say, you know he's definitely somewhere in that Dante Fox territory. I think I like him better than Dante Fox. Um, okay, is he better than Angelico? If we're going, I mean, by in terms Lucha of wrestling, I'm gonna say probably. But I do like Angelico's sort of like, you know, barefoot, hippie persona. Not that that's really what he is. I just get that vibe from him. You know what I mean? He's just tall and lanky. He's got that surfer hair. He strikes me as a stoner. Yeah, sure. So, so again, 40, 41, Axel Rotten, because now we're in that Axel Rotten Velvet McIntyre territory for uh, Dragon Azteca. hmm. I'm gonna put him below Axel Rotten, so right at 41. All right, this middle of the the middle of the pack here is changing quite a bit. Dragon Azteca Jr. taking the 41 spot above that Velvet McIntyre, but below Axel Rotten. Yeah, I mean, I will say that puts him, you know, behind Kalisto and behind Evan Bourne, and, you know, and Rich Swan as you know, sort of similar. Sure. Talents. Not that those are luchadors necessarily. I mean, Kalisto sort of is, but mm-hmm. again, they're all those sort of cruiserweight style action. Um, I think that's appropriate. All right. Another number, please. Okay. The next number is 945. 945. We're talking about another luchador here, and his name is Hector Garza. Hector Garza. Yeah. TNA, Corkscrew Splash. I remember him from WCW. He wrestled in WWF for two seconds. Um, but he was part of TNA. I think he won some big gauntlet match that we watched. I think I have it on yes. the TNA pay-per-view. Um, but yeah, he would he would climb up to the top rope. There'd be a bunch of people on the floor, and he would do the corkscrew and dive he down. He was really good for a He was very guy. good. Very good. You know, uh, his promo skills were lacking, but part of that probably was the language barrier. Um, but I would put him above Angelico when we're talking luchadors. I'd even say, you know, he's he's comparable, if not a little better to me, than Evan Bourne. So, mm-hmm. we're again in that... I would say there's some something to the fact that a guy that big is... Yeah, yeah, because he was, you know, he was not, he was more heavyweight style than than cruiserweight. So I'm gonna put him even above Maya Yim, I think. Yeah, that's about it. Because I was gonna say, I don't think he's up there with Kalisto, but you know, again, that's the Tyler Bate Maya Yim territory, and I like Tyler Bate better. But I'm happy at 35. 
Yeah, I think that's appropriate. All right. Hector Garza taking the 35th spot above Maya Yim, but below Tyler Rest Bate. in peace, Hector Garza. I didn't know he was dead. Died of lung cancer in 2013. Well, that's a shame. Isn't it? Very oh. talented. He doesn't give him any extra points, but yes, he was very good. Very, very good. All right, another number, please. 833. 833. Kent Cole. You're not going to know who he is. He wrestled in WCW for about uh, 12 and a half minutes because he was a tall, bleach blonde twin. There was Kent Cole and there was Kenneth Cole, and they were the Cole twins. Um... I'm happy dumping miners? him. I'm happy dumping him for a female name, because I've wrestled. I think I saw him wrestle one match at like one pay per view. I'm looking at pictures of them. They sort of look like they really wanted to be Sting. Yes, yes, they're definitely Sting proxies. Yeah. All right. I think I'm okay with um, subbing them out. All right. Then let's get another number between one and ninety nine, please. Forty five. Actually, let me. I didn't randomize this range. Let's do that. Forty-five. Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks. All right. Thing now, things are getting interesting here. Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks. I would say Sasha Banks has to be the highest woman on this list. I would say she's above Tori Wilson. Um. Do you disagree? Yeah, okay. No, do you I disagree? think that's true. I think um, I could even see her comfortably above Chris Sabin. Yep. Then it's a question of Sasha Banks or Billy Gunn. I don't know if I'm willing to go, because now we're entering the Billy Gunn, Fandango, our truth category. And I know there are going to be people screaming into their, wherever they are in their car or whatever, screaming into their own personal voids that we're putting him, we're potentially putting Sasha Banks below Fandango or our truth. You know, I, I think the sticking point here is Billy Gunn, but we have to remember that back in the day when we were making this list as existed, Billy Gunn ended up where he was because of reasons. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he's he's great and all, but you know, he was the guy who they really didn't let talk uh, in <laughs> in um, uh, DX. No, he had he had one line. Yeah. Great athlete. Because, you know, like I'm starting to look at this list here. Would, and would you... Sasha Banks. Are, are you going to put her in the top ten? Is pretty good. And in terms of making history. That's true. She's made history multiple times. Yeah. You're not wrong. Like, I'm starting to feel like I could definitely see her above, say, our number ten spot, which is mm. Dolph Ziggler. She is a multiple-time women's champion. Now, that's, not cell. To say, that's not to discount Dolph Ziggler's long-time No, but... He's had a long career. He's done he, a lot of good he things. He has, but... But can you say Dolph Ziggler's made history? Well, yes, because everyone's made history. But you know what I'm saying. I do know what you're saying, but as a history major, that's, but yes. Anyways, uh, no, I think you're right. How do you Sasha, feel about her story? Sasha Banks... Uh, take over Brooklyn, the Iron Woman match or the Iron mm-hmm. Man match. Um, let's not forget the amazing work she did as part of Team Bad. 
<laughs> oh, it's awful. Um, yeah, I would put her at number ten. I would say she's the tenth greatest wrestler of all time at this on this current list. Do you think she's ten or eleven? I would put her at ten. Dolph Ziggler had a great Money in the Bank cash in moment. Mm-hmm. He's had a nice long career, and he was the caddy for Kerwin White. Yeah, he was. <laughs> those, those are the Dolph Ziggler sticking points. Well, and he while, was also part of the Spirit Squad. But and while re- if this was the Wrestle Silly list, Dolph Ziggler would be far higher than Sasha Banks. But this is the greatest wrestler of all time list, and I think. When you go, I was not with you until you mentioned history, and I had to think back as to all of the history that Sasha Banks has made, and it's a lot. I I think she's the number. She's in the top ten. Yeah, I think so. All right, a woman has cracked the top ten. We have made history here on the list. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. I, I say we press on here, though. I, I don't. I think we we can we can we can continue. Can I get another number, please? Nine sixty five is where we're at. Three hundred and nineteen. Three hundred and nineteen. Okay, we had uh, Haku. This is Haku's tag team partner, uh, one of the Islanders. This is Tama. Hmm. I'm thinking definitely below Haku. Yes. Yes. I'm thinking... Yep, they were the Islanders. He's he's a member, not that this matters, but he is mm. a member of the, the Anoa'i family. He is the twin brother of Rikishi. Interesting. Twin brother of Rikishi, which means that he is the uncle of the Usos... He's the older brother of Umaga, hmm. cousin of Yokozuna, Rosie, Roman Reigns, all of those. Again, doesn't mean anything necessarily, but just putting it in a context there. Part of the Samoan SWAT team. So, but yes, uh, below Haku. How low see. do you think you're going to go? I'm going to go pretty low, because he was good, but he was the the Marty Jannetty of that team, and he you know went on but didn't do anything great. I'm talking... I'd put him above Tank Toland. He, you know, okay. he might be above the Horner line, but, uh, but I don't know how much higher he's going to go. You know, maybe... Maybe, again, in that Axel Rotten and Helico area... Or even a little lower, so yeah. maybe above Dante Fox, right around forty-five. I think so. I think that makes sense because you know he was he was he was good, and and that's about all I can say. He, there was there was not a whole lot memorable uh, from him. All right, all right. Let's Another see number, if please. Anything memorable about entry number six hundred and fifty-eight? Six hundred and fifty-eight. That would be a potential entrant into the Royal Rumble this year, Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley. I've really enjoyed Bobby Lashley's initial run with the WWE. Yep. Big, smiling guy. Um, There was a bit with some cheeseburgers, I think. Pretty funny. (laughs) 
<laughs> I, I don't know. And then he went MMA, and then he was in TNA, and he's been this sort of Brock Lesnar almost surrogate for that company. He's a very impressive physical specimen. He clearly knows what he's doing in terms of sports entertainment. He was the one responsible for Vince McMahon getting his head shaved, right? I believe so, yes. It was Bobby Lashley versus Umaga, I believe. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, I'm right now looking at the, you know, I'm, I'm thinking... I don't remember a lot of his run, and I wasn't super impressed. Like, one thing I really liked that he did was help Santino Morella win the Intercontinental title in his debut. Uh, I will say, I feel like Bobby Lashley has only improved in the time since you saw him in the WWE. I would hope so. So, you know, I'm hoping that he does show up at the Royal Rumble, because he's probably the biggest surprise name we're going to get. Um, and I, I, I hope feel to feel like everybody's going to say who if Bobby Lashley right. shows up. You might be right. Uh, you know, I, I'm currently looking at around the number 22 spot, like the Bob Orton range. If you'd like to go higher, if you feel he deserves to be in the Chris Saban. No, Billy not Gunn. yet. If he has a great run with the WWE, I think then you could start talking about that. Yeah. But right now. Because, yeah. you know, I'd, I'd put him over Del Rio. Yeah. You'd probably put him over Jason Jordan. I could see that. So, again, the Bob Orton. I don't I don't put him above the Tory Wilson line, though. Oh, so number, 20, number 24? I think so. One step above uh, Jason Jordan? Yeah. Jason That's Jordan, fair. I think. I think Jason Jordan, if we, if we, if we were to travel to the future, and, you know, we, we probably will. By the time we're actually done with the show, it'll probably be a year from now or two. Um, and at that point, Jason Jordan may have had such a career that he deserves yeah. to be higher on this list, but we'll have to find out, I guess. All right. Another number, please. 625. 625. Not too far to go. Jimmy Del Rey. Oh, Jimmy Del Rey. Jimmy Del Rey looks like my dad. <laughs> oh. Jim- Jimmy Del Rey was one part of the Heavenly Bodies with uh, the Doctor of Desire. He was the gigolo. The gigolo, Jimmy oh, Del Rey. just like your father, yeah. And he was tag team partners with the Doctor of Desire, Tom Pritchard. Um, they were they were a good team. Jim Cornette managed them for a while. Jimmy Del Rey had some martial arts skills, and he would occasionally break... Like, he was a wrestler who didn't look like he should be good, and then you'd watch him, and you would be pleasantly surprised at how much you enjoyed his matches. Hmm. He did some high-flying stuff that, again, a guy who looks like that... He looks like Ron Howard. He looks like Opie, grown up. So, you know, you're kind of... You you were surprised to see... Or he doesn't look like... He looks like... I what's remember the, other, the Heavenly Bodies. What's the other guy's name? From, he looks like Potsy. Or... <laughs> One of the guys from Happy Days. The redhead from Happy Days. He looks just like that guy. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, again, I don't know how high he'll rank on this list, but I enjoyed him. And then as I'm watching WCW, he shows up as Jimmy Graffiti with a skateboarding gimmick. And I'm like, what? <laughs> that was just weird. Um, hmm. Again, we're, we're coming down to the Axel Rotten area here. Um, I'm sorry, Jeremy, because you probably think that Tim Horner ranks above a lot of these guys. But, uh, you know. I'd like to just pull out this quote from the Wikipedia article. Jim Cornette gave him the gigolo 
moniker. Because while Del Rey was an agile and able wrestler, he had a slightly pudgy midsection that shook or jiggled when he did a taunting dance. And that's why they called him the Gigolo. Oh, man. Yeah, neither Pritchard or Del Rey had heavenly bodies, which made it great as they showed up with their sequin bathrobes. Um, <laughs> I like him more than Rich Swan. Okay. I don't know if I like him more than Kurt Hawkins or Evan Bourne. All right. But. I'm down. Right at 41? Yeah, I think so. All right, Gigolo. There you go, the number 41 spot. Man. Jim Cornette was brutal, huh? Hey, Jim Cornette calls it like he sees it. Sometimes he sees it well, sometimes he's Jim Cornette. 551. 551. Oh, I just watched a match of this guy. Uh, the man of a thousand holds, Mr. Dean Malenko. Mm. I love Dean Malenko. Dean Malenko. He's yeah, in my, he's he's in my top five all time, but that's just me. Uh, he's not going to he make our... Is he in your top five of this list? No. Looking at the names on this list. No. No. But my personal list of not the best wrestlers, but my favorite wrestlers, William Regal, Bret Hart, Dean Malenko, easily in that conversation. No, he is not in the top five of this list. I'll even go so far as to say he's not in the top ten of this list. Um, You know, I would put him at around the, you know, kind of 15, 16, the the Fandango, R-Truth era there, you know, supremely talented in-ring wrestler whose entire gimmick for a lot of it was that he had no charisma because he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't. So, you know, but a great all-time feud with Chris Jericho. To be fair, Chris Jericho did the lion's share of the legwork for the... the... Probably also did the lion's salt. Oh, well played, sir. Rimshot! So, so, yeah, I'm thinking, you know, 14, 15, that would be where I would go. Yeah, I mean, Dean I definitely Malenko. am w- way more impressed, even if you're telling me he had zero charisma. And from what I remember of him, you're right. But in terms of that in-ring work, like he's well above Billy Gunn. Yes. Um, Fandango and R-Truth are both good, solid hands, I think. Yep. But Dean yeah. Malenko was something, in terms of his ability, I think he's something special. Yes, um, if this was if this was in ring ability, he'd be higher, and, and and I'm perfectly happy saying that Rick Martel and Abyss and Dolph Ziggler may be above him in terms again total package yeah. sort of thing. So yeah. I'm very I'm very happy putting him at number fourteen. I am as well, but I I just I just need to know how do you feel about Dean Malenko versus Rick Martel because. While I like Rick Martel, and I really do like that WrestleMania match, when I think of these two wrestlers in my head, while Rick Martel probably does have more of a package in terms of wrestling and charisma, Dean Malenko goes a real long way on that wrestling. You are not going to have to work hard to get me to rank Dean Malenko higher on this list. So if you want to put him at 13, I'm happy to. I'm happy to put him above Rick Martel. I just think Rick Martel had... Uh, the gimmick that worked. He had some verbal skills despite having a relatively thick French-Canadian accent. Um, 
But again, I'm happy to put him at 13. Let's do it. All right. Dean Malenko, the 13th greatest wrestler of all time. Dolph Ziggler, Abyss, Dean Malenko. Did we want to get another female into the mix? Or? Let's add one more female, and then let's call, we'll be right about the hour there. Great idea. All right. Number 31. Number 31. Uh, potentially the newest member of the women's division, Candice LeRae. Candice LeRae. I like Candice LeRae. One half um, of what used to be known as the world's cutest tag team. Exactly. I think she's a very solid wrestler. I liked what little we saw of her in the Mae Young Classic. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a big fan of what I've seen of the world's cutest tag team. I think that was uh, an interesting uh, pairing, you know. Mm-hmm. And it seems like she's not afraid to really get uh, a little bit hardcore when it comes to some of that indie stuff. So, I mean, I, I like her quite a bit. Um I would say I definitely like her more than... I think I like her more than Abby Lath. Do you like her more than Tori Wilson, though? Because I would say yes, but then again... Tori Wilson has a whole lot of history. She does. Not all of it great, but she does. And I don't mean... This probably sounds, I don't know, elitist or something. I don't mean to discount the history that she's had in the indies... It's just, I feel no. like she's just she's just getting to the game. So, yes. no, Tori Wilson, you know, had some history making moments in WCW in the WWF. E, you know, she was the poster child of a couple of pay per views. But Candice LeRae, at least from a wrestling perspective, is easily better. But if you but if you want to say that again, we could put her in the same Jason Jordan territory where we come back I, to this in a year or eighteen months and Candice LeRae's won the NXT title, we might be putting her higher. I'm having some difficulty though when I'm thinking about Mike Bennett and Candice LeRae. Mm-hmm. I'm sort of feeling like Mike Bennett needs to be above Candice LeRae. So would you put Candice LeRae above Amish Roadkill? Number 29, it would go Canellis, Candice, Amish Roadkill, Abby Lace. Does that sound I think so? I think does so. that sound true to you? I think so. All right. Is it Luray or Laray? I think it's Luray. There you go. That looks better. All right, so there she is at the number 29 spot. We are up to 66 names on the list. Dare we push it one name further, or do we stop with Candice LeRae? Because here's the risk. We could wind up with a name we've never heard of, or we could wind up with a, an all-time great that's an excellent way to end the conversation. So, I mean, I've already predicted that we're not going to have a new number one. No. So I'm willing so, to roll the dice. Okay, then let's roll the dice. Give me one more name. This is it. 512. 512. <laughs> Reggie White, the football player who wrestled one match. <laughs> I'm happy to take him off the list, and we'll add one more female. All right. All right. He's gone. The women's 59. list. 59. This will work. Oh. 
uh, Emma, a member of the DDT Awards. We talked about Emma quite a bit at the DDT it's Awards. It's all about me. With the boss man shades. <laughs> yeah, uh, I like all Emma right. quite a bit. And I think she's made a lot of history. So. Has no. she? No, she hasn't. Although um, I will say, I'm reading the NXT book that Mrs. Matthews got me for Christmas. I, I kind of came, fell away from it for a bit, but I picked it back up. They talk about how Paige versus Emma from the initial NXT yeah. takeover was a history-making match. That is the match they say is the birth of the Divas Revolution. 100%. So, and so when she was walking around saying that she started the Divas Revolution, that's what she was talking about. She wasn't wrong. Um, she was an excellent, solid wrestler who, you know, unfortunately sort of became a comedy act on the main roster, had some unfortunate business occur that sort of knocked her down yep. the roster a bit. And But, you know, she recovered. I think you've said it many times. Everything after that was a bonus for her, and I feel mm-hmm. like she really, really came into her own uh, once that evil Emma gimmick, those boss man shades. That was great. She found My only problem was that I didn't understand why she didn't have a full glove. The only thing I didn't understand is why she didn't ever get a title, because she was excellent. She was great. Um, She was great. She was great. So, So, that said, I I do think we're breaking Tori Wilson territory. I think we are. I think she's in the top 20, I would even say. I think so, too. I think think above Haku, and, you know, we're, we're in that Magnum TA, Tatanka, Billy Gunn. I don't know if she cracks my top 15, but she's in there in that... You know, eighteen me to twenty personally, range. Me personally, you like, I like her better her, than our truth. I, mean, I I like her better than our truth. I like her better than Fandango. Um, I think she's one of the most talented women's wrestlers in this. You know, this this last stretch of time since quote unquote the revolution has occurred. Um, so I'm pretty comfortable putting her. I think at number fifteen right now. I will give her fifteen. Because right. she she was very good, and we'll see her again. Her career is not over just because she's not in WWE anymore. Does not mean it's true. Be interested to see what she does. All right. Well, your production came true for the first time. Our number one didn't change. In fact, well, no, actually, no. Great Muda cracked the top five. The top ten, mm-hmm. with the exception of Great Muda and Sasha Banks, stayed stayed pretty much it. We kind of we definitely filled out that. Middle of the road, but you know, still that's a twenty percent change, both in the top five and in the top ten. So hey, I'm not complaining. I think there are good, there are going to be weeks where we're not making huge changes, and then there's going to come a week where like Stone Cold and the Undertaker are going to show up in the same week. So and this so. is this is an important milestone though for the list because what this means is for the first time in the history of the show, Rowdy. Roddy Piper is not only the greatest wrestler in the world, but he is two weeks running. Uh, yes, he sets the record. He's now the man to beat two weeks in a row. It's like the Billboard 100. Mm-hmm. For the second week in a row, Roddy Piper. All right, so I feel good about this. Doc Manson, what say you? Oh, I feel real good. All right. Anything else you'd like to say before we head out into a Saturday night? Same time next week? Probably not, uh, but, you know. No, but I'm, I'm really jealous that you have chocolate hazelnut Oreos. I might, need, I might need to go to the store later. They're almost gone. 
Uh, we found them at Target. So Target. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, good to know. You know what else they had there, by the way? They had the chocolate cookie with cinnamon candy filling. Like it was like those those cinnamon hearts for Valentine's Day was the filling in a chocolate cookie. And I, we all, I mean, Mrs. Manson was like, are we going to try those too? And I was like, I think I might vomit. They don't which sound means, appealing at which all. Which means we have to try them on a show. Probably. Which means I'm bound for Manson Manor at some point <laughs> in the future. He is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I am DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Rowdy Roddy Piper is the greatest wrestler of all time.